You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. Oh my, oh my God, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his pussiness. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> and then from there, we get a title card again about the Heathrow Airport. Ooh. And we're back to this bitch, Carolyn. And perhaps the height of Laura Neal's ironic trash basket of alleged entertainment because the song that's playing as Carolyn arrives in this airport is Behave Myself by She Drew the Gun. And it's ridiculous because the lyrics start like, I'm the rage of all women condensed to the point of explosion. I'm the silence of violation finally broken. I am the joke behind the eloquent feminist slogan and I will not behave myself. Um, Carolyn Martin, that's not you, bitch. Carolyn Martin's agent of the patriarchy, bitch. Right, like, I I like those lyrics, but right, not for this moment, not for this person. You are correct. Not at this point. I can't rewatch it with those lyrics and feel good about Mm. it. If you're familiar with the full song, you can check it out. Mm. And then laugh at the fact that Laura had the audacity to include it as some sort of soundtrack indicator for Carolyn Martin's because they literally destroy her character. In this episode, but, you know, Carolyn's there to meet someone. Special someone. (laughs) Uh, Y'all already know who it is. And why? Uh, We couldn't tell you why. The writers decided. Well, in case someone doesn't know who it is, it's Hugo. It's Hugo. Hugo is meeting her there. And he has a sign. And he's speaking what sounds like very bad Russian. And then Carolyn confirms that it's very bad Russian by saying his accent is terrible. And then he sounds like a drunk rat or a drunk bat. One of those things. And I am like, Carolyn, why do you know what a drunk bat or rat (laughs) sounds like? But I agree. And then she's basically like, come on, quick march. Let's go. And leaves her luggage. She, <laughs> she just leaves the her luggage. luggage there. She just knew that he would take it. He waits about a second, but he knows what's up. Gets that luggage and starts hurrying after Carolyn. Uh, and of course, after that, we get a, we're back. We cut again because now we're back in Scotland. Oh, but this is the title card where we get the, um. It's called A Bothy. And then it has Google, Google it, it in parentheses. I don't like this title card because that's what people do when they don't know something these days. They Google it. It's the modern age. We have Google. We've had Google for quite some time. So if someone doesn't know what a thing is, they're like, hey, Google. They just say it out loud to their thing. Hey, Google. Or maybe they say, hey, Siri. But it still goes to Google if right. they say, hey, Siri. Right. And so I don't know. I'm like, does someone think they're being clever with the with the Google? Do, do they really think that there's some massive amount of people out there who don't know what a bothy is and don't know what Google is either? And they have to be told. What to do to figure it out? I don't know. But nearly every choice in this episode bothers me. So why wouldn't this title card? And if you didn't Google because fuck Laura Neal and her giving you labor. Good. Right. Good. A bothy. Essentially just a place like a motherfucking cabin or whatever piece of shelter that provides shelter free of charge to anybody that might be in the area of said bothy. Considering we are in America and America loves capitalism and hates the poor. Right. I would say it's more of an international thing. Versus. Especially right. in Europe that you can find a, a number of bothies in random places. But that is what is happening here. And now Villanelle and Eve are in this bothy with the hats that they just met. Because apparently it has started to rain. The hats came and they brought a cloud. Thank along you. Along with Carolyn. A cloud of het shenanigans. And it started to rain. And the couple says they didn't want to leave him out in the cold. In the rain. I guess, great for your charity. Oh, but it's a ball yeah, face. So, so anybody, so anybody could have just, right. just went in there. And of course, this couple is immediately annoying. And grossly in love. In the way that the Hallmark Channel shows you that hats are in love. And you're like, okay. And we see that they're essentially trapped here with this couple until mm-hmm. morning. But hey. 
hey, at least they can get to know each other, right? That's what this girl Maggie says. We can get to know each other. <sighs> yeah, let's kill some time. No, no, right? And it's like, but nothing about this is... Villanelle and Eve do not look thrilled. Their faces do not look like they are thrilled to be hanging out with Maggie or getting close. And of course, to break, I guess, a version of the ice, she's, she's wondering how the two of them met. And I'm like, uh, well, doing this... Well, when it comes back after commercial, the couple, there's a fire. So they've been there for a little bit, indicated by that started fire. And the couple's on one side of the fire. Eve is across from them. And when the camera pans out, we see that Villanelle is sitting adjacent to them on the same bench that they're on. And I guess that's an interesting reveal. I don't know why the shot selection was as it was, but it was. And then the woman asks how they met. And Villanelle just kind of looks down while Eve answers somewhat immediately (laughs) and says that Villanelle stalked her and drove her husband away and left her with nothing. Which, of course, prompts Villanelle to chime the fuck in when she wasn't interested previously to be like, ow! Or so we're talking about what we did? Okay. Well, Eve actually stalked me and put me in prison and tongued down my boss. And by this point, the heads are like, wait a minute now. Hold on now. We didn't, uh, this is a lot. And Eve lets it sit and marinate for about a beat before going, oh, no, 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 we're just playing. We're just playing. Jokey jokes. And much to the head couple's relief, right? they kind of laugh it off. And then Eve asked them how they met. And uh, so where the dude gets suddenly very emotional. Very emotional. He's about to tell a very emotional story right. about his love. And he barely has it together as he mentions that his girl, Maggie, has given him a kidney. And then she starts her story. She's like, well, let me tell you. I was in a hospital visiting a friend. Okay. And that friend was next to him in the hospital bed. He was on dialysis because his fucking kidney was fucked. And well, since she thought he was really cute and stuff, she was like, why not a kidney? Why not give him my kidney? And I'm like, that's a leap, ma'am. That's a leap to find someone cute and then say, how about a kidney? And all I could really think at the time was, wow, the het dating world is the ghetto. Because it's really got to be slim pickings out there for you to give up a kidney just because somebody's cute, girl. What do you mean? He was cute. And that's all you needed to say, here's this organ. Let me do what I got to do to get my man, secure my man in this world. I got to give my kidney. It's fine. And that's what she does, apparently. And they tell the little corny jokes, corny heterosexual jokes. And then and then they do a reveal. They do a freaking scar reveal. Well, they check in with each other before they do that reveal. Right. They coordinate it. They look at each other and they're like, ta-da! Six months later, we became kidney twins. I didn't even know that was a thing people say. I don't, I don't know if it is actually a thing people say if Laura right. made it up. But that's what they said. And they're now bound together forever via their kidneys. And uh, I think the dude calls his girl Bubba or something at this point. None of it is fun to watch. None of this yeah, it's... head interaction is fun. It's, it's corny. It's ridiculous. It's like the way how I've been asking for scar play. And y'all give me random head couple and then you decide to give them matching scars it's like you did you didn't have to make them this insufferable but well, you they chose matching to. they were different sizes so i don't know if they were matching but correlated scars i would call them because the guys was bigger hers was smaller incision and then they weren't on the same side they're on opposite sides but it's a meaningful scar it's a, someone got an organ out of it someone got a life continued <laughs> out of it and right. a bitch lost a kidney so i guess but laura has a sick fascination with juxtaposing heterosexual happiness With queer unhappiness, I don't know what it is exactly, but that's what seemed to be happening here. Villanelle and Eve clearly are annoyed by this couple as they're sharing looks back and forth as the couple makes out. After they talk about their kidney twinship and they're like, oh, let's make out. Let's, because there's no one else in this room. Let's just make out. It's what we do. Uh, and thank you for writing the fact that we get to see a head couple make out. Uh, no, no, thank you. That's, that's too much. The moment was funny in a moment. 
the thing of like, oh, even though now juxtaposed against this couple, but it is a bit casually cruel to show us yet another het couple stealing romantic kisses and romantic moments and telling little stories before our girls are able to, but I digress. So let's just move on. The head couple kissing is just, it's just what Laura wants to do. She said, hey, you want to see a happy couple? It won't be Villanelle and Eve, bitch. It'll be these random people from the trail. <sighs> Woof. And then we get another cut and we are back to London and we get a title card that says MI6 Safe House. Uh, it's in better conditions than previous safe houses. Oh, who this gives season? a shit? Who gives a fuck? Carolyn should be in a hovel. So the fact that she's in some old vintage mansion of some woman that they decide to tell us about because I don't even know why we need to hear a story, but Hugo is there and he tells her some story that we don't care about, about the woman who owned the property. And Carolyn makes a quip about him fucking with her crockery, this woman who is no more, or maybe she is more, I don't know, but she's not there. But Carolyn makes that joke about the crockery because he's doing something with the tea. And then after that, because Carolyn Snapple facts is what Laura tries to do. But the way that I don't enjoy them, I don't enjoy Carolyn Snapple facts in this series. It is what it is. And then her and Hugo eventually get down to business. They do get down to business. It's, it's I don't know. It's coming across more like Hugo is like playing some weird role, you know, pretending like he's like, you know, uh, is he know. pretending or is it inconsistency from Lauren Neal? He is not pretending. He is saying what he's saying. And considering Hugo is only here for the last moment in this episode, we have to take it as it is. Hugo yeah. decides to say in this time that we see him that he believes in his job, that he is in the business of MI6 because he cares about the fucking country. I guess for queen, for country, for pride and patriotism. That's why he's doing it. And that he only does the unsavory bits because he has to do it. Because he has to do it for the greater good of Britain or whatever the fuck. But that he thinks Carolyn likes to do the dirty bits because she gets off on it because she loves it and she loves to lie and she loves seeing people get murked across the globe and then he asks her if she's even just a little bit ashamed of herself. Now I would say this is out of character for Hugo because in series two Hugo has a talk with Eve about why they both are in the MI6 life and they both concede that it's about the adrenaline it's about part of the excitement it's not just about justice and surely if Eve right. Palastri in the show it's never about justice but it's how she doesn't give a damn what laws are broken <laughs> it is about her curiosity and her obsessions and fixations. Right. And Hugo seemed to align with her on that, which is why he got uncharacteristically close or what you should go beyond if HR is aware of what's happening there. And he said, oh, me too, bitch, me too. I like the excitement. I like the danger. So to have Hugo here talking to Carolyn about is for queen of a country is out of character. Like you were just caught in the honey trap, sir. But here you right. are moralizing to Carolyn, I guess. I don't know if, if Laura thought we were supposed to take him seriously or not. I think she probably thinks we were. But since she can't remember what happened in the show, she worked on. I really think she thought this made sense. It makes no sense for Hugo. Hugo the slacker. Hugo who's definitely a Nepo baby in MI6, but suddenly he's here for justice. Okay. All right. Sure. And upon hearing this question posed at her, Carolyn very plainly just says, turn off all the listening devices. And understanding that he's about to get some piece of something, there Hugo goes, deactivating a few of them. And she says all of them. And he's like, oh no, that's all. That's it. And then she starts spilling his tea. Like, oh, you know, your new girlfriend that you just got. You know, uh, what was it? Was it like Natasha or something? This new Natasha. Girlfriend. Melanie. Your yeah, girlfriend's this... name is Melanie. And she's actually a Russian agent. 
And as soon as he heard that, he he disabled a third wire that he had under his shirt. And he's like, um, you've been sending her a lot of, like, unwarranted, like, penis pics. I feel like that's what she said versus, like... Unfortunately, I remember the exact phrase because it was distinct. And she said that he was sending Melanie a many a penis portrait. Oh, because God. I never needed to hear the phrase penis portrait. Yet I did for the first time in this show. And so that's what she says. And I guess indicating dick pics. But maybe he was lighting them in a non-traditional sense. I don't know. No, but she then follows it up by saying, like, you, she did move in with you rather quickly, right? Like, do you think that that was all you? <laughs> or is it your vanity preventing reality from seeping into your mind? And she adds that she bets the bitch is going through his shit right now. And once she says that, Hugo... Uh, gets a bounce in his step and leaves. He just leaves the place because he's got to go see what the fuck Melanie's up to. Carolyn calls after him for her bags, but he's gone. <laughs> to quote the, the Paris lady who is now deceased. He has gone. He has gone. And then we're back with the Hets once again at the Bothy and they're at the table doing tarot readings and still being very annoying. Annoying and loud. They were, I feel like they were just like giggling, just like flooding the entire space. I'm like, all right, enough. Empty spaces are easy to flood with sound as well because there's not enough stuff in there to absorb the sound waves and so things just feel like they echo and carry easier because they do and Villanelle makes a comment that she thinks she could kill him and Eve is like yeah me too bitch I'm gonna help you because whew, why are they here why are they in fact the girl I didn't even want to come over here but you said <laughs> let's go hang out with these hats no right right and then because this couple can not read the room at all the woman decides to ask if they want her to read the tarot for them and <clears throat> the guy says that they should let her do it because she can see into their souls. And I'm like, oh, okay, Brad. I know his name's not Brad. In fact, I don't know what his name is, but that's what I said. Okay, Brad. Eve's energy is ready to say no again, right. but Villanelle once again is like, okay, because she's game for shit. And I feel like Eve's face is just like, really, bitch? Really, bitch? <laughs> We're playing games with like these Like you fun, are extending this, this, this torture? No, fine, right. Fine. So Villanelle goes to sit down and the girl Maggie says she's going to do a simple three-card reading of her past, present, and future. Villanelle replies that she's complicated and I don't really know why she says that. I feel like it was an attempt of Laura Neal to be funny. She's not very funny because I don't get it. As the audience, you're just sort of like, okay... And as the head couple, they're just sort of like, okay. Right. Like, so it's like, what was the point of the line? Yeah, you just it didn't lie. hit. Right. There's no, what? But anyways, the first card she flips over is the tower card. The tower. Which speaks of chaos and destruction in her past. And she asks if Villanelle can think of why that might be. And Eve just busts into right. laughter. Eve. Rudely. Be nice, Eve. No. Eve is rude. <laughs> Eve is rude. She's always going to be rude. And she even snorts. Um, and Villanelle just looks turns to look at her <laughs> and Maggie moves on to the next card which is for the present and it is the lovers Ooh, card yes. and Maggie says that normally it would denote unity but the card is upside down so it speaks of the opposite oh is this supposed to be an al allegory for what's happening right now and then she asks Villanelle if there's any unresolved conflict in her partnership because she really can't mind her business, obviously. Because I just feel like no. you could read the tarot, you could flip it, but do you? Nobody asked you to ask these questions. Like you just flip it. Tell people what it means. Stop trying to get inside people's business. Eve is still silent at this point and giving looks. And then Villanelle asks Maggie to do her future. And when the future card is revealed, it is the sun card, which Maggie says is one of the best cards you can get because it's magnificent and holy. And her statement of the word holy felt like a trigger moment rewatching it because that is Laura Neal. That is Laura Neal right there. Holy 
holy. That's an interesting word to choose for what people who are in the Christian Catholic faith a lot of times feel there is a, the occult, demonic natures, all kinds of things have been said about the tarot, but I've never seen someone ascribe holy to tarot. It's new. It's, yeah, it's, well, new it's definitely different. Uh, what was that like? Uh, your path will be like blessed with celestial light or whatever she said. It was it was quite an interesting interpretation of the sun card for Villanelle's future. And she barely had enough time to really like sit and ingest with what she was told before one Eve Palastri was like, oh, wait, do me, do mine. She said that whatever path Villanelle walks down, she'll be blessed with celestial light. And so that's obviously, once again, Laura Neal's baptism, Christian dogma, European Oof. Jesus propaganda coming back into it. And she also adds that the sun is life before Eve starts to get visibly annoyed. And that's when she gets up and interrupts to ask for her own damn reading because she wants to see her future and pushes mm-hmm. Villanelle out of the chair who says, do not push <laughs> the sun. Shove the sun. <laughs> it's funny. And because they're adorable together, Villanelle is indeed pushed out of that chair. And Maggie wants to do the three card reading and Eve says she don't give no, a I fuck. Don't she that. just wants the future. Right. Very matter-of-factly. And I don't know why Maggie looks so disturbed at this request. Girl, it's just cards. Get a grip. But she does look distressed, even though she does it anyway. She puts down all three cards, but only flips the third and last. And underneath that is the death card. Cue music. Cue creeped out hats. Cue predictable plot twist. And Eve looking disturbed. Villanelle just pats her on her shoulder before getting up and walking away. Like, well, some of us are the sun. Some of us are death. I don't make the rules, Eve. I don't make the rules. And it's one thing for a Villanelle and an Eve Flashy to not understand what these cards are supposed to mean and, and the ways that they can be divined or interpreted in. But you can't say that someone's really good at seeing into people's souls and that they're good at reading tarot and then have them flip a death card and not know what to say. How are you speechless at the word death? I Being mean, someone who reads tarot. Maybe she doesn't get that card for people often. <laughs> I it's I, ultimately I tarot. This, card out. <laughs> this is not motherfucking big. Like this isn't some some sage wisdom mm. person reading the tarot card. It's a fucking head couple at a bottom. Right, right. That's it was above them. It was above them now. It's above their grave. <laughs> they said, well, Google. We'll find out more stuff. I don't know what to tell you. Especially when you weren't answering my previous questions. So how the fuck am I supposed to read in to your soul when you won't answer any fucking questions? Mm. And that's not me taking up for Maggie. That's just realistically how they wrote it. Like, they wrote what they wrote. And we have to keep They wrote on. what they wrote. You're right. After that, we are back to Carolyn and Hugo. And Carolyn is getting a text from someone about having information to meet somewhere. And Hugo is back from his trip to go see Melanie. And looking like he knows all of what Carolyn said it's true. He gets it. He's figured it out. He's been in the honey trap. And now he wants to know what Carolyn wants. And Carolyn replies that she wants 24 hours mm-hmm. and a taxi to Hempstead. Well, she gets it. Oh, yeah, she gets it. She's got the upper hand here. Uh, so they flip us back into Scotland. We we're are, at the Bothy. Yeah, we're at the Bothy. Yes. Eve is visibly upset. <laughs> Well, they're uh, being pretty domestic. They we have are. to knock that. I don't want to just say Eve's being upset, but they're being extremely domestic. They're washing dishes like a couple. They're washing dishes like you do after you have dinner and you are sharing chores. You're not just saying, you go over here and do this chore and I'll do over here. They are together at the chores washing dishes. It doesn't get much cuter than that. But Eve is definitely apparently still bothered by getting the death card. She's feeling away. And now Villanelle is trying to reassure her by saying that it doesn't matter because there's no such thing as fate. And Eve is hilarious at this point because she's like, oh, really? Really? 
So what do you call this then? And she's right. gesturing between her and Villanelle, <laughs> and it's very cute because it's like, of course, like what what is this? What what would you call what the fuck has been happening between you and me for these past few years? And she has a point. <laughs> and Villanelle just smiles because I think she fucking loves Eve's answer. She's like, I love this answer that we are fate. And she says to Eve, like, you're a lot today. <laughs> Which feels like a flirt. <laughs> like a flirt. And then, of course, Eve's like, I'm a lot every day. <laughs> Which is true. She is a lot every day. And they have that adorable moment and go back to washing dishes. And we can hear, like, the squealing, some head squealing happening in the background. And apparently, they are outside trying to pee together while also in secrecy. And I don't know what that's it's, about. Right, that's... Why didn't you just go up separately? Separate sides. Separate sides of the woods or wherever the fuck. Separate bushes if you're concerned about being seen. But no, they're out there giggling and trying to hide. Apparently right next to each other as a couple. Very odd energy. Yeah, and of course, Will now points that out to Eve to say, look, one of their organs is inside the other and yet they can't pee in front of each other. As hopefully to just be like, this is ridiculous. Don't let these people... Well, she's disgusted. She hears them giggling and she's over it. How you guys sharing organs, but you can't share the bathroom. It's Uh. it's weird. It's weird. And I do think that that is a marker in your relationship. Like, can you go to the bathroom? But your partner in there, it's a different level of intimacy. I agree. Oof. It is. It really is. And then she adds to Eve that she wouldn't take the tarot cards too seriously. And probably because it's Maggie. Like, she's like, well, look at them. (laughs) She barely has her life together, so I wouldn't take it too seriously. She can't even pee, let alone. (laughs) She can't pee in the woods with her man, so how do we know that she could really effectively read some tarot cards? And Villanelle has a point. Villanelle has a point. I don't know that I would trust Maggie's tarot card reading skills at this time. And then they finally come in from the rain, from the... It's not rain! At this point, they just pee. Oh, okay. So they come in because they weren't wet. They just come in. And after they come in from the peeing, you hear this question that Maggie poses, and then ultimately, do you two mind sharing a sleeping bag? Yes, they want to know if they are okay sharing a sleeping bag. And of course, the audience is screaming internally and perhaps externally at this moment because it's like, are you fucking kidding me, killing me? Of course, they're ready to share a sleeping bag. The audience is ready. The girls are ready. We're all ready. Let's do it. But the camera rests on their expressions for a beat until we cut away to their shoes that appear to be next to each other on the fucking floor. The camera pans over to reveal a villanelle laying down next to Eve, implying that they've slept together. And since the light has changed, we are no longer at nighttime. We have to assume this is through the night. Like... There was actual sleep, which happened with Eve and Villanelle in the same goddamn sleeping bag. And a number of people might say that sleeping, actually sleeping next to someone is more intimate than having de sex. Decoitus with someone for some people. Different level of intimacy oh, that is to true. have to be comfortable sleeping with someone. And there was probably some cuddling. Like, people move. People shift when they sleep. Right. You don't just stay. They shimmy. No, you are correct. Remember how Eve Lashtry woke up in episode one? She was sleeping on her tummy. Right. I think tummy sleepers, like, they shift their legs a lot. Anyways, you don't get to see that. We don't get to experience that. We can only imagine that. Maybe right. y'all have written fix about what happened then. Mm. I haven't checked it out. Let me know if you did. I'd love to have seen him get into this uh, sleeping bag. But y'all said, no, we... Whatever. We, we don't get content. Whatever. Oh, no, we don't, we don't get context. Right. Because it's not just content. We got content. Is it good? Mm. Oh. We don't get context. Oh, we're implying that they're going to sleep together in this fucking sleeping bag. You give us nothing. You give us nothing. Not and we're the nothing. audience. We're the audience. Why are you doing this? Because you hate us, Laura Neal. I already know. So that's nice for us to know as villainy fans, I guess, they actually slept next to each other. But then I have my own theories about who actually slept and who didn't based upon <laughs> what, what happens in the thing. And because the, the scene opens with Villanelle away 
awake and Eve appears to still be sleeping. And uh, I do think of the two of them, Eve would be the one that could fall into a deep sleep. I don't know why. It's just my own headcanon. She's watching Eve and clearly has some thoughts in her mind and potentially has had those thoughts for a while because in my mind, Villanelle's been up. <laughs> She's been up since dawn. Since there was a yep. piece of light breaking through, the sun was coming up and she has been staring at Eve ever since, wanting to touch and explore a one Eve pilastri and do whatever else, but just sort of like frozen there looking, just like, oh, what do I do? I think she was... <laughs> I don't want to miss a thing. No, you're right. You're right. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> I don't want to close no, my eyes. No, but it's true. I, I don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, Bill. And I don't want to miss a thing. Like, look. Even when I dream of no, you. No, it's true. <laughs> because look at them. They're both in the, look, they're both oh, in a bad situation. One of them is not, like, drugged up because they're wounded so heavily that they can barely maintain consciousness. Like, they're both okay. One stabbed, they're one shot. Like, we are just laying down. Yeah. Villanelle has been through it for, like, the past few hours. I feel like she's been awake definitely since dawn, since sunlight. Crept in that room, and she's just been thinking about what we actually see her start to do when we get into the scene. That is her watching Eve sleep, having thoughts on her mind. She wants to touch and explore a one Eve Palash and particularly that damn scar. Mm-hmm. And we have been waiting, God, for any sort of scar play. And we kind of get it in this moment. In this we, scene. we do, even though I wish that we would have been given an order in which we got in this sleeping bag. I would have loved to have seen who got in first, who shimmied in after. Was it was it nice? Was but it you can nice tell route? the opening is on Villanelle's side. That would mean Eve gets in first. Yeah. So there's there's your question answered. Because you don't zip it. the sleeping bag down. No, it's true. You, you scoot into it. And Eve being smaller seems like she would be the one that would like to cuddle into the nook of a sleeping bag versus mm. be exposed to the elements. But the draft when you're on the other side of the sleeping bag. Mm. But yeah, so Jody is playing this scene kind of a nervous and bashful and desperate all at the same time as she's interacting with Eve it's very cute she gets into a position to try and get her touch on but Eve's shirt is apparently <laughs> deeply tucked the fuck in I was like is she wearing a nightgown is it tucked to her toes we know Eve is a small person so maybe that that shirt is deep down in there but Villanelle tries to untuck and it is extremely jaunty pull it, mm-hmm. it wakes this bitch the fuck up which is why I think the shirt was tucked all the way down to her toes and Villanelle's startled eyes are hilarious because because it's like, yo, did you not see the untuck you just did? Like, I know you think Eve is a deep sleeper and perhaps you already have intel to prove Eve is a deep sleeper, but that tuck would have unlodged anyone from their REM sleep. And she has a true deer in the headlights moment when Eve, <laughs> Eve jolts awake and turns around like, yo, what is, what are you, what are you doing? doing? What are you doing? And I love this. The, <laughs> she puts her hand on like the small than the larger of her back and just like, no, no. I just, I don't think she can speak. She right. can't speak. <laughs> She has been without words this entire time. It's like that fucking song from The Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah. Winds. Right. Words. Right. She was like, (laughs) Nami about to say no doubt. Don't speak. I know it's what you're saying. So please stop explaining. Mm. And I just think she couldn't She couldn't speak. And right. she was already thinking, I really didn't even explain to you. And also because the writers can't write things for me. I cannot express to you how deeply I need to do this. So please just, just over there. Just turn. Just let me. And I will show you what I'm doing. So <laughs> Villanelle has no words at this time. She just has her feelings. And she turns her back around like, eh, the way I can't speak to you, but I can show you. Just right. spin back around and here. And then we see Villanelle pull up her shirt and finally get to this motherfucking scar 
that we have all wanted to see some scar play, some acknowledgement, some something since the end of series two. And here we are in the final episode of series four (laughs) for the first. Remember when people thought they saw a scar? On Eve's back and that dress, and it was just some bullshit. And maybe it was a scar. I don't know. But there was but no acknowledgement of it. it. But you know what? But there was no acknowledgement of it, whether they move it or not. not. Even if right. we see it, like right. if there's no acknowledgement, what's the point? And not since series two with the, you know, my girl stabbed me. Like I was waiting for at least acknowledgement of that, that wound, but no, I don't get that. It's fine. It's fine, I guess. I mean, Villanelle's acknowledged, but it just, it, what's the point if they are not in the same space acknowledging? Like they've both no, acknowledged yeah. injuries in the presence of other people, but not in the presence of each other. And this is the first time we finally freaking get it. Scar play. Round of applause. We do. Round of applause for Laura right. Deal. Sorry, that was for us, the clowns. Right. Not for Laura, all right? right. I just want to make it clear. And so it's Villanelle. And she is gently caressing the scar while Eve is, of course, feeling her caress exactly in the place with the scar. So I'm sure Eve is like, why am I awake? What is she doing? What is this about? But then I guess she's slowly understanding, oh, this is... She's quickly understanding. There's only one thing for Villanelle (laughs) to touch back there. Like, Yes. yes, the back overall would probably be of interest and delight for Villanelle. But there's only one reason to go back there. Well perhaps more than one reason (laughs) but yeah this is a scene that feels both romantic and slightly erotic because we as fans know what these scars mean to these women in particular how long Villanelle has waited to see and touch and generally just be this close to Eve especially given her statement about a rainbow and beige boots the beginning of the series and for all her jauntiness and candor that she's had in the past with Eve she's incredibly shy in these extremely intimate moments with her completely vulnerable and with the way Jodi plays it, you can't tell me that she really gives a damn about the 12. Like, no one can tell me that Villanelle cares about the 12 at this time, after this moment. It's possible that she cared when she was still talking to Gun and Gun still had her eyes. But I don't think she cares at this time. And doubly so by the time we get to the camper that Villanelle doesn't give a fuck about the 12. Because All nothing right. about the way Villanelle is being played by Jodie Comer, the way she was been written this entire time, would suggest that now that she is next to Eve, getting everything her heart's desire, that she's like, you know what I want to do? Leave this place and go with the 12 and do something. <sighs> so as Villanelle is back there doing the touchy-touchy, there is a, a deep exhalation we hear in the Foley, shout out to the Foley team, that we hear once Villanelle gets her entire hand onto Eve's back. And to me, I interpreted this as a sort of sigh of relief or anticipation or just desire, want, like when your heart flutters. Mm. Oh, mm. You've got the butterflies, the vibrations, the tinglies or whatever it is. Eve hears that shit. I think she felt that <laughs> shit. She got it. She was like, I know what this sigh is. This sigh reminds me of the door O's. This sigh is laden with sapphic vibes and all kinds of things. Yeah. And, you know, overall, Villanelle is just being extremely soft with her. And I feel like things at this moment, just that the tension ups itself. That exhalation, what's happening on the back. And then, of course, it prompting Eve to turn around to be like, I can't be looking this way anymore because I heard you exhale. Right. And things are, they're feeling a little bit different. Right. So I need And to... Eve got to turn around. She's got to yes. look. She's got to raise the stakes herself, which, of course, she does do. I was like, you know, a cross could have been incurred if, if someone would have thought to. Oh. That's, Give, that's for the HBO the, adaptation. Well, well right. Of well, killing you. That, that's I guess that's my problem. <laughs> but I will say, thanks to Jody and Sandra, this scene does feel both romantic and erotic. No, it, it just yeah. goes back to the tenets of what actually makes eroticism and, and sensuality and something romantic and sexy. And it's not always overt things the way a lot of people might assume, but the other things. It's the details, the minutia of a scene a lot of times. And then they stare at each other intensely for several beats until Villanelle asks a question. 
And she asked if they should steal the couple's stupid shitty camper van. A shitty camper van, which considering there apparently is no bathroom in there, it is a shitty camper van. Or maybe the bathroom doesn't work. Of course, Eve replies with a yes and a big smile on her face. Yes. (laughs) And it felt like at the time there'd been an obvious shift in their energy into the type of of settling in that we would want to see as villainy fans. I was happy to see it at the time. I was still hopeful at this time with the full clown makeup, a true clown to the very end. Oh, yeah. Also spurred by the song choice, which was here. And that was the song Stranger by Anna Von Hasselhoff. And the song literally starts out with the lyrics, we're walking in a curved line into something new. And I said, yeah, are we? And I hope it's just not to the boudoir ladies. But mm. it, was, it was no way. We weren't walking in a curved line into something new. We were walking in a curved line into Laura's homophobia, unfortunately. I was happy with this yes. It put me in the mind of, I haven't been this excited for a yes since the untwizzling of the Twizzler at the sink in, in series two, when the question was, would you give me everything I want? And she replied that was with an yes. excitable yes. Yes. So these course. these are these are my yeses. Those two are my yeses. So I'm happy. I was excited for this yes. Steal that camper van. Go ahead. And they do. And the very next scene uh, is them driving the camper van. And Eve is talking to Villa now and saying that the nearest truck stop isn't that far. And maybe they'll have a phone charger over there. And she can't believe <laughs> that Alain's phone died now. And I'm like, it's iPhone Eve. Like, you're lucky he was still alive all this time. <laughs> right. How long have you been looking at it? You've had it right. for quite some time, ma'am. And then she asks Villanelle what she thinks that they have at truck stops. (laughs) And I actually like what's happening here with Eve because I feel like Eve's character is like talkative when she's comfortable. She just rambles about ridiculous things. And this to me says she's comfortable with Villanelle right now because she's rambling about some bullshit. And then when she asks Villanelle what's at a truck stop, Villanelle has a smart ass answer. And she's like, trucks. Trucks. (laughs) Trucks, I don't know. Trucks. And they laugh together and they're being cute. And then Eve is looking in the dashboard and finds some motherfucking snacks and is very happy about it because I guess they're fucking hungry. (laughs) And so is Villanelle when she sees that they're revels and then they start to mock the hat couple that they were just with. Yeah. Villanelle with her. Feed me one more, honey. (laughs) Feed me one more, honey. Oh my (laughs) God. She says it like that. She's mocking Maggie. And Maggie deserves to be mocked. And Eve with her reply. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure thing, Bubba. Bubba. And then they break out into laughter again. While Eve is legitimately feeding her girl. She's feeding Villanelle revels. That's what they're doing. They're having this moment yes. in the camper van. And we were living in these moments. Were we not friends? We were living. We were getting our lives. <sighs> we were smiling. We were having fun. And then Eve notices Villanelle makes a face. Mm. She's making a face. And then she asks if she got the coffee one. And I don't know what that means because when is coffee bad as a flavor but you motherfuckers that eat revels will have to let us know because it seems like maybe it's a uk thing just the presumption that people don't like the coffee one but i'm like coffee is good what's wrong with the coffee flavor right i just first i would have just assumed that they're making fun of or they're saying down with coffee because they're like tea (laughs) country or whatever that doesn't make any sense (laughs) i'm sorry that's not a sufficient enough answer because of tea what the yeah, I mean, I can't, I, I can't square the writing. I'm saying it's probably something cultural specific. We are not living in the UK, and so maybe where people are eating revels very often, that they are commenting about what is the shittiest revel in pop culture, and because I just don't know how you put that in there, unless it's some sort of reference to what people think. And then Eve making that comment about karma, which didn't really make any sense to me. But what are revels? Google says revels are a chocolate-coated confectionery with assorted centers made by Mars, Inc. 
First introduced in the United Kingdom in 1967, originally Revels had orange cream, coconut toffee, or peanut centers along with galaxy counters. I don't know what that means. However, the coconut centers were later replaced with coffee cream, which perhaps is what Villanelle had, and the peanuts with raisins. So chocolate covered I would have been fine with the raisins. I would have been fine with um, most of those, actually. I don't think I would have had like a bad one. I don't know why. Maybe the coffee is like the black licorice, like... Just, uh, oh, yeah. uncool, just gets a bad rap. The uncool yeah. one. I, I don't know how much they love the cafe or espressos in the UK. Certainly not more of a tea, but I just can't imagine that joke existing because of tea. It's like, well, you know, Laura, she's a hack of a writer. So I guess anything is possible. Let me roll that back. But yes, Eve feeds her girlfriend Revels and then says it's karma that she got the coffee one. But Villanelle eats it anyway. She has said she would eat anything. And she hey, did. She and did. she's proven it. With you gun. said. She you ate said. those words. Oh, my God. She ate it. Oh, my she God. She did it. Mm-hmm. Potentially ate gun herself. No. I but I uh, will never know. See, never know. I didn't. I can guess. <sighs> I can guess. Just because Villanelle can give other women pleasure doesn't mean that she has had the best time of her life. I just think she does what she does. As we mm-hmm. saw with Thing One, Thing Two. Right, right, right. right not right. with them when I'm with them. And so maybe she did because Gunn said, you're mine. And so right. Villanelle did something in that room. But that's rude. So Villanelle did something, but then she had to still go back to sleep. Or she gave hay. up something. Just a, a piece, an experience from Villanelle took Gunn completely over the edge. And she was already over the edge. The bitch was hanging off the edge. And Villanelle just... Sent her into a new stratosphere. Well, yes. Yes. With her vapors. And it's Villanelle, so we can't be shocked. So after we get the play with the Revels, the radio gets turned on. Yeah, Villanelle turns it on. Goes through like two songs, observing Eve's reaction before staying on Don't You Want Me by the Human Human League. League. And I'm like, oh, is this another double entendre? And Mm. Eve watches Villanelle a bit more than in the reverse in this scene. And I like it. Because usually when somebody is looking at somebody and the person doesn't know they're looking, like you can try to imply some sort of thought process is potentially happening. And since that's all we have, because we don't have real lines in this show, I choose to imply Eve thinking about how much she really loves Villanelle. That is what I've decided that Eve is thinking in this and also that she wants her, just like the lyrics. Oh, yeah. Because ultimately the, the lines are really meh in this car ride. They just don't inspire. They don't really do anything they don't really move the needle for either of our girls but you know i really don't think laura knew what to do with them i think she had this idea of wanting to watch them be domestic because she says in her own words she wanted to show us that it didn't work and that's not what we saw laura we saw it working we saw them being domestic and cute and it was the best so eve was feeding her bae candy while she drives all the way through what are you talking about because you it was working right you saying this was working and we, the audience, are saying that this was. She wasn't by herself. The director said things too. Oof. But people attempted to show things that did not come across. Or just, you know, you should have made sure that your actors were actually agreeing with you and they weren't doing the opposite <laughs> of oh. what apparently the script was saying as they did the scene. Mm. But yeah, after that scene, we are at the truck stop finally. And they get out and go inside this diner place. And Eve sees that they do curly fries. And she's immediately excited. Oh, she is. Philadelphia's a man at a table with a charger and heads the fuck over. And Eve calls back to her. 
and makes like a curl thing right. with her finger like, to be like, bitch, you, do want, you want some? Want? And then I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, what? what is that? What are you doing? What is that? And it's cute. And Eve is like, whatever. And they're going back and forth. And Villanelle smiles. And she just looks so fucking content in these moments. Damn you, Dodie. She just looks so <laughs> happy to be there with Eve. Just so complete in a certain sense. And she goes to sit at that fucking table with that guy. And she snatches that dude's charger. <laughs> like, just yanks it out of his fucking phone and to put it into Alain's phone. And at the same time, like, oh, can I use this? But, you know, was that wasn't a, a request. It was a phone check. It was a statement. I don't know if y'all know what those things are. And she was peak lesbian. It was peak lesbian behavior. That the energy, the snatch, peak lesbian emissary. Her jaw, her energy. What she says to that man, like it was just her teasing of Eve, like all of it, just peak. Yes, I want right. She wanted. We could have had it all. No, it's true. I was thinking of like like a scene where someone on the phone, but then someone behind them is like, no, the phone's done. It's time for me to use the phone. And you're locked up. It's like, well, you just going to do what the bigger person behind you said. Well, they checking the phone. I, I mean, <laughs> I think that, I think if you jaunt into a thing, especially with dudes, mm. that in my experiences, because people have said exude alpha energy, and now that I can and do, that if you like, with some dudes, they really, it is two responses. The over extra, let me try to be your daddy or put you in your place, male response, yeah. or the beta response, which is you are the dominant. And I think that's what we saw with Villanelle, that she walked into that situation. And he wasn't trying to, he was like, I don't oh, want to smoke. Everything it. that you just fed me says, use a charger. Got it, right. I don't want to argue with you. I don't want to ask why you just did this to me rudely. I'm just going to He literally Got was it. just staring at her like, <laughs> what a woman. You don't see these very Got often it. in the wild. My gosh. And at a truck stop, I, that's a pro pro. Right. And she's like calling back to Eve that she does want the fries because she was just being flirty and ridiculous and playing with her before. And then Eve's like, what? She's like, yes. And this is like, look at you guys being gay in public. I love it. <laughs> And I feel like that motherfucking Adele song. We could have had it all. No, it's true. And we could have. Rolling in the deep. So we had, we could have had uh, camper van core. We could have had cottage core back on the island. So so many different opportunities where we could have just got off of the, the this roller coaster ride that we're on. But I mean, technically, we're not on a roller coaster ride here. Technically, this is the lull. This is the lull that Laura gives us before it all suddenly ramps the fuck back up within the last five minutes, which is part of why the ending is so jarring. But this is the lull because nothing's happening. All that's happening here is villain Eve scenes. And at the time that we were first watching, a lot of people were nervous. A lot of people were like, well, what's happening? Okay, we only have so much time left to get to a kiss or get to a smash because we only have 20 minutes left. And so I don't know that we weren't doing anything but just sort of like idling, like a car can idle. And there were nice and durable things happening. I wouldn't say the story was moving forward with development but we were just watching Villanelle and Eve B and for a lot of us that was that was cool okay especially as Villanelle was on her alpha jaunts taking that man's charger mm-hmm. and of course he was speechless because what what can you say what what do you say there's nothing to say I'm good <laughs> you go ahead and charge your phone I don't know why randomly on this scene I was thinking of the pussy wagon from the telephone music video I don't I was know like, why either it was just this weird little hole in the wall rest stop. It just made me think of it. I don't. I can't tell you exactly why. Kill Bill. One is Tarantino. You are the other is Beyonce and Gaga. You're correct again. I would wager that somebody with a pussy wagon that looks like that would not be at the truck stop Villanelle and Eve were at. It's too glamorous. You forgot that it was Lady Gaga and Beyonce in the pussy wagon, but you think Villanelle in her jumpsuit and Eve with her turtleneck day in a pussy wagon, <laughs> sir. They are not dressed appropriately. Now, if they had gone shopping like they were doing in the first two series, then maybe they could get them pussy wagon to be on theme for what's going on. But the camper van is a pro pro. Oh, the camper yeah, van yeah. is in line with the fashion of series four. <gasps> well, well, ooh, bitches. 
Everything about this episode was drab, though. The visuals, the locations were pretty basic. You get to the boat. It's basic as fuck. Dreary colors. I just... Pussy wagon is bright. It's yellow. It's pink. And I'm just like, no, not in this scene. There's nothing bright except for their vapors. But I can that's understand it. that interpretation. Also, a pussy wagon in the UK, it goes against. <laughs> the UK vibes. Something is as vulgar as pussy wagon. That's America. America! Like, that's that's us. Yeah. That is us. They were so fucking cute. And then we leave the cuteness. We leave it to go back to Hempstead because whatever. For some reason, yeah, we still need to see why? fucking Carolyn. Right. Apparently, we need to. We now are back in Hempstead. As you see, a Carolyn Martin sitting on the bench. Hempstead Heath is the title card. Yes. Hempstead Heath is what we are received as a title card. We have Carolyn Martin. She's sitting on a bench. We see Pam. And... Who is meeting up with Carolyn yes. to pass on the information that Constantine left her with before he flatlined. Carolyn says that it better be good because she has 22 hours and she'd like to take the 12 down before supper time, which I guess, bitch. Mm. I guess if we're on a schedule and then Pam just confesses that Constantine is dead and that she so killed she him killed with him. a pizza cutter. And Carolyn asks pretty coldly if that's it. She's like, oh, is that, is that the end of your news? And Pam adds that he told her to tell her that he loves her and that he wanted to give her this little stank ass note. She takes that note. She reads said note. No emotions come across thine face. Who knows what it says? Who cares what it says at this point? Carolyn makes a comment about Pam being able to post it versus bothering her with this information. And Pam is like, well, I just thought, like, the motherfucker was dead. I just was trying to trying to do my due diligence <laughs> and be polite to my trainer. And Carolyn's just like, yeah, well, you could have just told me. Anyway, bye. I'll right. see you. Get the fuck out. Get out of here. But before Pam can totally leave, she's like, oh, hold up. Wait. Wait a minute. <laughs> I think I could use you. And you know me, I... I'm, I'm Carolyn Martins. I love to use people, especially yeah. young girls. So get back here. And after that, we transition back at the rest stop or outside of the rest stop or maybe in the rest stop, but outside of We're outside. where We're in the, parking the lot. ordering happened. We're right. in the parking okay. lot because they're eating their fries on the hood of the camper van. And Villanova has some feelings about the way how Eve is consuming these fries. That's because she's uh. putting a bunch of mustard on it. I'm a Villanova on this. <laughs> it, was, it was doing too much with that mustard. Way too much. Mm. Villanelle observes that shit and says that Eve is a psychopath <sighs> for engaging in such excessive mustard use. Like, wow, I like mustard. And Eve very cutely is like, well, I love mustard. <laughs> and Villanelle's like, yeah, it's messed up, bitch. Like, <laughs> it's messed up the way you love it. And then Eve sort of like chuckling and talking to herself is like, I'm a psychopath. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Laughing to herself. And Villanelle's just looking at her like, what? What are you trying to say? I'm a psychopath? Is that what you're trying to say? Remember what we said? What I said to you in series one when I was at your house about Ooh. how to refer to psychopaths? But I think they're just uh, making jokes together. And Eve just shakes her head to Villanelle's what? And then Villanelle grabs the salt shaker. Right. And puts a bunch of salt was like, on there. And Eve is like, go for it, bitch. Go for it. And I said, y'all are so fucking petulant. Like, what is this? The fries aren't going to be edible by the right. time you two are done. Right. You keep leveling up the nasty and now no one's going to eat the curly fries. Mm. I'd have said, y'all are both psychopaths. All this salt and mustard. Where? This is double salt. Right. Mustard and salt. Why? And then we, ugh. We cut away to another very awkward shot. I don't like it. It's just a wide shot once again that does nothing for anybody. The framing is pretty wax sauce. And in this wide shot, Villanelle says that now they have the address to wherever the 12 is. And it's like, okay, I guess. Uh, okay. Uh, the phone is back on and you have the address. Okay, <laughs> Laura. Like, what? <sighs> Whatever. 
And then we kind of, we are back on the road in the camper van as Eve recognizes the address. It's a haunt for MI6. It's, it's like their barn swallow. Right. I believe we saw that in series one. Or maybe we didn't, but I thought we did with like Frank and the rest of them. She asked Villanelle if she's sure that it's the right location. And Villanelle says, look, I said what I said, bitch. Like, <laughs> I said what I said, babe. <laughs> yes. And Eve comments that it's an old MI6 hang. And then yeah. once her and Bill saw a man vomit a pint and then drink that pint ew. right the fuck back up. And it's like, ew, grotesque. And then Villanelle is like, oh shit, Bill. I remember Bill. And Eve is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You murdered you him. You murdered him. Remember that? On, On the, the dance, dance floor, floor in Berlin. Berlin. And she's kind of salty about it, which, of course, that was her bestie. And Villanelle is just like, of course I remember Bill. And then Eve says, so do I. And I just, I mean, they did the best they could with that exchange, with this limited rhetoric and what they could do. But I felt like it was like a little thing to, to Villanelle to be like, of course I remember Bill. Bill's kill was important to me because Bill was important to you. And I needed to eliminate his importantness from your life. And I realize now that you still feel away about it. And maybe I could have handled that differently. But do I feel bad? About removing Bill from your life when <laughs> I created a bigger spotlight for myself. Potentially not. But I care that you care that mm. Bill's dead. That's that's what I took. Because again, Candace has to write her own script without lines. Well. And put in what I need to see and feel for Villain Eve. And that's what I took from there. Because Villanelle gives her this kind of sheepish look while she's biting her lip. Which is important to note at this time. Because the same exact fucking clip of a sheepish Villanelle that is now a... A horny, a post-horny, feeling saucy Villanelle was used again. Oh, it was. It was used again later in the episode. And it was cute and it was a good <laughs> clip. But I, I guess I understand why you used it again. But, you know, that's why we storyboard, Laura. I think that's why people storyboard. So you don't have to reuse the same scene from a previous scene because you've prepared your shot list for all scenes. So that's ultimately it. That is what we get in terms of like a Bill conversation between Eve and Villanelle. It's... <laughs> It was a long time coming and extremely short when it came. I don't know <sighs> what to say except <laughs> patooey, patooey, uh, boo. <laughs> but, uh, da, 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 da. but yes, let us uh. let us discuss for a second Laura's, Laura's poor attempt at, I suppose, resolution or discussion, communication, rebuild um, mm. about Bill, which is just sort of like Raymond, a failure. Because the only mention we have of Raymond in series four is through the mouth of foe. And it's just a one-off line. It which is, is essentially what's happened here. Yes, this a is mention a of Bill, it's a one-off line. Let's leave it to Sandra and Jody to do something with their face. So the, the audience can project what they feel is happening onto that. But I'm not going to actually write any lines to bring any sort of conclusion, resolution, completion, coming back together, back at one, whatever, nothing. We just. can't even have the shots themselves just live here in this scene. So it's a runaway line with recycled shots for a, a future scene. So it's like, wow. So y'all just really don't care about Bill. Like, really? No, they Although were like, this authenticity that, that, that Jody conjured in this moment, we need to re-put it in this other moment because we did not anticipate needing this other clip. But yeah. It's, it's just wild to me that someone who cites themselves to be, what, a fan of this series that decides to take their mighty pen and just, I don't know what you call what this is. You, you aren't doing justice to the show that we fell in love with in series one. That's not... It, is this your saying? The audience needs to know how Eve has reconciled her feelings about Bill to Villanelle, who she at one point said she was going to destroy with her bare hands. We need to know what that resolve is. Kill her with my bare hands. 
Like kill her with O's. No, but you're right. She she wanted to do harm to Villanelle. And she felt very strongly about Bill. I'm gonna find that one thing you're gonna love and, and I'm, I'm gonna, gonna kill, kill it. it. Like like And it was like, <laughs> was that you, girl? Like it's you to ask. Right. Uh, right. I'm gonna find the one thing you love and I'm gonna kill it. Sorry to disappoint. Like, like, is that where we go? Is that... <laughs> it's outrageous. Mm. Yeah, so I guess all that can be said is that there was no, I mean, this was their attempt and it was, it was a failure. Like a lot of us had been waiting literal years to hear these bitch share fucking words, a la what we heard in series one or series two about the current developments that happened and we get nothing. And especially where Villanelle's concerned to see a piece of growth from series one where Eve is confronting her with a gun and she's like, bitch, you ruined my life. And she's like, yeah, but got some nice clothes out of it. <laughs> to her actually being like, yeah, of course I remember killing him on the dance floor. And now I'm in a different place of understanding how to approach you about certain things because I want you in my life, in my sphere, in my boudoir. But no, we just get, we just, we get uh, Bill. Oh yeah, Bill. I remember. Oh, me too. And then that's End scene. Right. <laughs> End it. scene. But you guys want Emmys for these lines, bitch? Where do they do that at? I must. The also... Razzies. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will say that the last time we mentioned Bills before this would be an Emerald season where Kenny's trying to remind Eve what she's doing all this for. And Kenny is just sad that she has stooped to levels he has not seen since his own mother. And he was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm different because... And he's like, different how? She's like, I'm different because... I'm different because... Well, see, what happened was... Right! <laughs> I'm different because I'm chaotic. Right, right, right. And Carolyn's organized, <laughs> right? Carolyn's organized, I'm chaotic. That's how we're different. Right, right. And that, that, was, that was a better use of Bill's memory, I would just say. But, you know, whatever. That's facts. So, boom, we get no motherfucking... Closure or resolution or anything, anything, but we do get some looks and vibes from Sandra and Jody. So thank you for that. And then we're fucking back with Carolyn and motherfucking Pam talking, Oof. which mm. Carolyn is asking Pam what her name is. And Pam tells her it's Pam. And Carolyn says that she's made two discoveries in the past year. One, that she looks exceptional in linen, which, okay, girl, Ugh. why not? And the other being that emotions or feelings, as people call them nowadays, are at best an inconvenience and at worst a total scourge on one's freedoms, guilt and shame in particular, and that Pam should not let them take hold, neither guilt nor shame. And it's like, is this you predicting yourself in the future, bitch, and your lack of guilt and shame for the horrors you visit upon your sapphic murder hoes, your sapphic murder daughters, as we once thought they were. And then she says that the place they're in reminds her of her daughter. So tranquil and serene. And Pam is kind of like, oh, is she like, is she, is she like, dead should I, should I be giving my condolences and Carolyn's basically like no 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 uh-huh. I just like to talk about it like she's dead you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> because Carolyn then reassures her that her daughter is very much alive but annoying as hell uh. which we can attest series three Geraldine mm, I cannot the plot line that should have never been but was I just right should have never been but it was and went nowhere as it were oh and did I have to I guess Make note of this action that happens after this is said. There is a watch that gets undone from Carolyn's wrist. I would like to say that's a cheap watch, which is unfair to Carolyn Martin, who's supposed to be paid. She's supposed to have bread. She's supposed to take bitches' money, men's money at poker games. She got hella, hella, hella funds, according to her. So why is she taking Even off the watch? Even this season, because she was like, I have money. Like A go, a go watch you don't take off? 
Terrence, a good watch you can swim with. You can right. go pretty deep with that watch. Right. But certainly you can dead man float, Terrence, with a decent watch with a fucking True. Casio. You can float. <laughs> At this point, you could you could dead man's float with several models of phones. So, yeah, this is, yeah. That was it's just a random thing that, once again, you just have to say Laura and her lack of consistency. Laura mm. and her lack of concern or care for details. Nuance. It's, it's, it, it was... A congruous story. Not here. Not with So Laura. we have a Pam who is watching a Carolyn. And who knows? Maybe this scene would have hit better if the writing would have made Whatever. the audience feel that this Carolyn Martin's character was faced with an impossible decision. We were not invested in whatever decision this was. This, this scene made no sense. Yeah. Like, just... maybe it would have been something if it was Irina. But it wasn't. Like, just right. Pam... Over there, her talking to Carolyn, especially because it was a final episode. It was like, we don't give a fuck about any of this. And when you think about previous final episodes, like, it should be primary characters. Yes. Maybe a new side character that gets disposed. And then it's just our bitches. But no. Yes. That's not what happened. It's not what we got. <sighs> so she takes the watch off and then she just slips herself into this not clean water. And Pam watches. You compared to the guanas. I don't know if it's that bad. We uh, gotta check, this, the, check this, with the Brits. This is, is not the water good. toxic. Mm. Is it? You know, we can't drink any more rainwater on planet Earth. Oh, and so, Lord. who's to say what that what that water was like? But she she swims out there and tells Pam not to open her mouth because she just saw a dead fox. Just saw a dead creature in there. Oh yeah, and then they give us the shot of. It's like an overhead shot of like the both of them. Shot. That man floating in It's very wide water. shot. But it's extensive. It's like, why? Did someone just want to use a drone and go up there? Like, why? There's a lot of scenes where I'm just like, why are we lingering? Why are we waiting an extra five seconds on this and it does nothing for the show? Right. What was the point of Carolyn Martins getting in this body of water to begin with? Like Zero. I don't understand Wasting time. This. Not knowing what to write. Those are the only answers. And then to write Pam going in after her also. Waste a Still. waste of time. Who's, who's, who, who is fucking up their clothes? I, I, I don't know this bitch. If you want to go flow, girl, go ahead. If I have something to say to you, I'm going to be here at the dock waiting for you to swim back in and be like, you good? Did you? Was that moment of respite? Okay. I'm glad you didn't expect me to go uh, with you. Fully dressed and shit. I mean, that, there's down bad. And then there's whatever this was. I don't, I don't. <laughs> who makes this? Decides this? It's, Laura. Laura Neal says, let's waste more time. And then after this moment in the water, the dirty water with the dead fox, we are back to what Laura likes to call the Piscis. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, what we are. What an eloquent, lovely name. We for are. the one time our girls kiss right. passionately in the show. The Piscis. I mean, we're off on the road. Boo, tomato, tomato, we tomato. We left the rest stop and then magically decided that we need to pee. Well, because they had a bottle of water, clearly. Right, right, right. And because the camper is so shitty, it does not have a working bathroom. That's what we have to assume. Because they're certainly in a camper. They stole a camper. Right. Campers have ways for you to pee. But no, they're in the brush peeing as we do this hard cut back to our murder girls. And the scene opens and they're both laughing as they're letting out some hefty, hefty pee. And it feels like y'all have been holding it for a long time. Right. Are we supposed to assume we've been driving for three hours? Like, they give us no passage of time. They do nothing. So so we don't know. Did y'all pee? We don't know. (laughs) Did you have people before y'all stole the camper van? I'm going to assume no. They didn't. They were in a rush. Yeah. They were in a rush and they've been holding it for some time. And I feel like Eve gives her a look like, wow, bitch, you're still peeing. And it's like, well, so are you, Eve. Right. You're both still peeing. Wow. So what is the truth? But they eventually finish peeing and there's no time for wiping. Naturally, 
or napkins or leaves or, or worms. <laughs> or, you know, I feel like Gun probably in her lessons to Villanelle taught that bitch how to make some booty paper out of compacted soil. I'm sure she showed her the method, but there was no time for Villanelle to show Eve how to turn soil into tissue paper, gun style. And they just, you know, you guys can't see, but they do a jiggle, a little jiggle dry, little shake. <laughs> I feel like that shake wasn't enough personally. It probably wasn't. It probably was uh, not. But, you know, it is what it is. Laura is not a lover of hygiene. So. <laughs> yeah. Sadly. That is that is what happens. And uh, then shit happens that is good. Shit yeah. happens mm. that we've been wanting for a long time. Kind of comes out of nowhere. But it is played beautifully by a one Jody Kilmer and Sandra O. Oh. They're walking down the road after peeing. And Villanelle has this look. Once again, like she is the happiest she's ever been. And it's lovely. It's adorable. I enjoyed it. And well, I'll say she looks the happiest she ever looked until about 45 seconds after <laughs> this look because she looks even happier then. But it's lovely. And it's just because you can see the contentedness and the bashfulness and uh, mm. the shyness, all this stuff that's coming out as she's looking in Eve's direction a couple of times before she finally moves to kiss her on the cheek. And when she does, you're like, oh, my God, who the fuck are you, Villanelle? Look at you. Look at this shit. Look at your face. Look at your smile. Look at your walk, bitch. Right. It's like happiness over. Like, you? Like she just, right. She's now, I want to hold up a picture. This you with her with the knife, her with the veil. This you, bitch. This you. A picture of her at the fridge. I'm in a bitch up over there. And it's like, look at you now. Look at you. Completely deferring Villanelle. Same bitch who used to have a motherfucker up. And demand or take O's. I mean, if we talk about Forrester D, well, she took that. Yeah, she Eve sure didn't have did. a choice. She that close. She did a spin, and we know what happened. Spin the right. thigh went places. Right. Forrester Dean. The truth is out there. Oh, it is. It's still out there. It is out there. And it's really fucking adorable. Because it's the same bitch who was like, are you going to give me everything I want? Right. It's okay. I've done this before. <laughs> wow. We're getting stabbed. Um, you know, it's growth for Villanelle. It's a massive growth. Yes. And this is growth we only get to see because of Jodie Coleman. Like literally nothing is written to give us this growth for Villanelle. But the way Jodie plays it, we can see obvious growth in how she relates to Eve and how she has continuously deferred to Eve as far as like readiness, consent, like yeah. we're about to do this shit. Like, do you? Do you like me too? The way I like you. Like, you know, when you write a note in school, you, yes, do you like you me, yes or no? Boxes. That was like her kiss. She was like, do you like me, yes or no? <laughs> and he said yes. She right? Because yes. Eve, re Eve received the kiss. Yes. was like, wait, whoa, whoa. Hang, hang on. She said, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> and honestly, I feel like the way Jody plays it, like, she's like, she's good. Like, she's like, oh, I got that kiss off on the cheek. <laughs> Woo! I've right. been thinking about this as a sleeping bag, girl. I right. really have been thinking about right. this since the sleeping bag, which honestly, I feel like there was an article that talked about them saying, oh, the, the kiss could happen at the sleeping bag. And it certainly could have happened at the sleeping bag. I would have taken it there. But the way they thought there only needed to be one kiss, really, a jaunty kiss, is wild. Because that a jaunty kiss could have happened at the sleeping bag and then another jaunty kiss could have happened after the pissing if that's what you wanted to do. And then another right. jaunty kiss could have happened before they kill all the people. And notice I'm saying they because I would right. do it differently. They. And then another right. jaunty kiss happens as they finish killing the people and maybe 
are finished themselves. Yes. And they, they going down, but in each other's arms with a piece of joke and a piece of wit. But no, that's not what we get. Well, you know, Villanelle's acting like she got away like a bandit. Like, oh, look what I stole. It's mine. I took it. And I can always say that I kissed Eve Plastry. Not right a now. stole. I stole this kiss. <laughs> I took this kiss. It's mine. I, it seems like it's a mix of like her being really comfortable with Eve at this stage, which is nice, but also her not being sure that Eve wants her the way she wants Eve, like mm -hmm. in its full passion, totality, I don't know. But she is looking back at her after the kiss, like, yeah, I did that. I did it. <laughs> I did it, I accomplished it, look at me, a star. Which, which is nice, where I feel like Eve, on the other hand, is like, Oh, wait, bitch. Hold up. Right. Hold on. <laughs> wait a minute now. Pause, bitch. Can we pause it? Because we have finally opened this door. Right. And now it is time for us to step the fuck through. I have been divorced for some time. Right. And I've been with a loser called foe. I've been slumming it. I've been <laughs> causing self-harm yes. through this relationship because I've been trying to do damage to me. Yes. But now that you've opened this motherfucking door, good bitch, because I've been waiting. I've been fantasizing. Please stop. Come hither. Hello? come back. And Villanova, her part, is like, wait, what? Huh? What? What you doing? You calling me back? Oh, what's this? <laughs> it's like she can't believe it at first. And then she's like, it's real. It's really happening. It's all happening. Like that Steve Carell gift from The Office. Right. It's happening. It's all happening. Right. <laughs> and then Eve, Eve gives her a kiss of her own volition, of her own taking. And it's nice. It's very nice. They oh, take yes. a moment. They take a moment, both looking at each other savoring, marinating, some possible bewilderment before going back in for more, Mr. Palastri. They go back in for more because that's what you do. They After you breach sure the gates, it's like, do. wait a minute, let's go back for more. And Villanelle is all smiles as they kiss again. And this time it's a bit more passionate. It's a bit deeper. It deepens with each passing moment. Villanelle has her hands on Eve's face. Eve has her arms around Villanelle's waist, which is appropriate for the smaller and the bigger. I don't know, but I just feel like that's <laughs> the way it can go. Eve is moving hair out of Villanelle's eyes. And then they pause again. They pause, friends. Because Villanelle is just, I feel like she's caught the fuck up. Like she's had, she's caught, she's had, wait, wait. Yep. Let me look at this. And then she's like, yes, this is very real. This is very much happening. And you can tell once again that she's so goddamn happy that they both are. Yes. Because Jody and Sandra are playing it brilliantly. They're smiling. They're giving all the waves, the vibes. They're literally kissing while moving. It's in motion. Right. That's, that's a very specific queer jaunt to be like kissing, kissing and emotion. doing things. Right. Yes. Kissing emotion. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> I just right. I'll, I'll I'll take that to the grave. But yes, it's. I mean, if you it's are blessed like, to have that moment, keep it's it. like a physical keep exhale it. that yes. they're doing. Okay, it's like all of everything has been leading to this: the fate of your partnership, the threads of fate. When well, we were going on about that in series three, and they can't keep their hands off each other now. Now this is what it is. You're tethered, like Eve wanted to do with the phones, except it's your bodies. And I had tears in my eyes. <laughs> I was so happy. I said, okay. I'm so happy. Look at them doing the thing. And they're walking back towards the camper, still kissing like a couple of teenagers. Mm. And I don't even know how long was this kiss. Somebody, I know you did the run time. <laughs> let a bitch know. But it's, this was a jaunty length. It was, it was a nice. jaunty kiss. And I know what? Two point. It had its own story. Are uh, we at 2.4 billion? It had billion? act one, act two, act three. Right. Can we talk about that one beginning put and conclusion? That, right. Y'all put that kiss on Twitter and it has, it's the kiss scene around the world. You know what? And congrats to you clowns <laughs> for circulating that propaganda. <laughs> 
for watching it, setting your eyes upon <sighs> it to get it past a million, and forcing other people to set their y- eyes yes. upon the brilliance. Put it on random comments. Like, what's this? Like, ha, 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 what's this? <laughs> what it is, your faves could never. That's what. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm sure we will keep that energy despite our gaucheries and our losses and our L's that we've taken from Killing true. Eve. We still have uh, these bitches with some of the, the best chemistry that has been seen on the television. Probably ever. Just like in the in the annals of TV chemistry, whatever. They are top five. Easily. They are. They I don't even know who else is saying who's in the top five. I don't know what the argument is, but Villanelle and Eve are totally there. Mm, so they're kissing. They are in motion. They're making their way towards the camper. Oh, okay. And so now we have a, I'll call this a, a an audience intermission from this kiss because Villanelle's like, no, wow, did this just, did, did all this really just happen? And Eve is moving and she's like exhaling with her whole body. Like, it is cute. Villanelle the, goes. The smile right. is giddiness. Right. You could, if you could distill that, right. you like, could sell that shit. Right. It'd be like MDMA. Pure <laughs> happiness. Except it's Villanelle's fucking smile after kissing Eve. Right. Villanelle scoots over to Eve, gives a little tap on a booty. I know. I said booty tap. <laughs> we in here. We are in here, guys. Woo, we did it. And to know that that was all Sandra and Jody, thank Lila. Thank the gods for that shit because my God, we needed it. Fucking Villanelle's like, I'm feeling good, bitch. Booty slap it. Eve is like, hey, hey, booty slap right? to you too, bitch. I, I could do it. I could smack it. And they're getting back to the car. And I, I believe I said this on the live. And I know some of you clowns see it the way I see it. But I just interpreted like Villanelle once again, because Villanelle is content. I do feel in my head canon with whatever Eve is giving her. Like, of yes. course, she wants everything. She's like, Yennefer from The Witcher. What do you want from Eve? <laughs> But she also cares about, like, Eve wanting to give it. And surely, you should, surely, enthusiastic consent is the way to go. So I think she's good. I think she was good off this fucking kiss, potentially for three months, five months, who knows? But she was on cloud fucking, not nine, 12, 77, whatever cloud is in the stratosphere of of sapphic heavens. That's where she was. And so I think she was ready to just get back in the car and just continue smiling like a goober. And Eve, on the other hand, was like, we about to get to the, like, we about to, because I've been waiting. And I do believe that Eve Palastri has that energy <laughs> most of the time. And so when Villanelle goes to open the driver's door, like she's going in and Eve does that gesture. Like, <laughs> oh, I felt like Villanelle was like, yes, I'm going in to drive. Let's keep it going. Wow, that was that was amazing. That was beautiful. And Eve was like, oh, so we, oh, so why not? Because I thought we were Oh, so you, oh, we, we could drive. I mean, sure. We could we could go see the 12, whatever. <laughs> and and, <laughs> and Villanelle sees Eve's reaction like, wait a minute. So you're saying there was more? There was more goodies? I could fully, fully, you guys can't see my hand. Right. So we could, we could truly just you know ignore what? the 12 right now. We, when you're trick-or-treating. about the 12. When you're trick-or-treating and someone says, take one candy and the versus like the bin outside the house. Yeah. And you just dig your hands in right. there. Eve was inviting the dig. Pun intended. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys, but I'm not sorry. 